0: You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with hosts Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. Hello. How are you today? I am missing my best friend's so much. She's been on vacation, and as much as I love that she is getting her self-care on, it's time for her to come back because I miss her. When she gets service back on her phone, she's going to die laughing because I think I've left like 50 Marco Polos of me just rambling. (laughs) Anyways, you are here with me today, and I am happy to be here and wanted to share some thoughts around acceptance. I know we've talked about this before, but I just wanted to give maybe some tangible tools to practice that will help you lean more into this principle of acceptance. Now, acceptance happens when you genuinely have no control over a situation or a circumstance. Acceptance is so different from approval. I will take a leap here and assume that all of you listening never did and would never approve of the actions that your partner took to create the circumstances that you are currently in. And most of you are in a place where those circumstances from their choices have impacted you in a way that you don't approve of. Some of you might be separated, divorcing. Many of you are navigating depression, anxiety, isolation, fear of the future that you now have no idea what that is gonna look like. So I am not at all talking today about how to become more approving of what you have and are experiencing. I am going to share thoughts about a critical piece to your healing journey that is acceptance. When I'm working with clients, I tell them the three steps to growth and progress are awareness, acceptance, and application. And our human brains get stuck most of the time in this acceptance piece. So what is it then exactly are we accepting? We are accepting things as they are, not what we believe they should be. We are accepting the reality and the facts of a situation or circumstance. Rather than trying to change reality, we are changing ourselves. Acceptance is moving out of denial, out of rationalization, justification, and looking at what really is. And this is not easy. And please hear me very clearly. Okay, We are always, as long as we have a human brain, always going to be working on accepting things as they really are. This is a practice, not an arrival. And so the thoughts and the tools that I'm offering today are intended to help you make a shift forward, to help you feel not so alone, to show you why it's hard, why you listeners are doing hard things. Acceptance is this inner work to move forward. So seeing things as they really are, then as you believe they should be, it requires you to drop the blame, the shame, the self-judgment, regret, and resentment. When we hold on to those, we are not seeing things as facts. You're not seeing things as they really are. We're seeing them from our perspective, from what our trauma parts. Um, or other childhood wounds are formulating a perspective and thoughts around. And so, when we drop all of those, like I said, blame, shame, self-judgment, resentment, then we're able to we're able to simplify the situation and the circumstance, so that we can see things as they really are. And remember, these parts of the self are going to come up depending on where you're at in your journey. More often, they're going to come up in the early stages. But accepting, right, that these parts are even coming up, and we're going to talk more about that later, is another way that we can keep from getting stuck. I want to start by giving you just an example to see how this tangibly works from a situation that isn't going to be emotionally charged right now, just to kind of help illustrate what I'm suggesting here. My youngest is learning how to drive. And when he's behind the wheel, I am in a situation where I have no control, right? So he's driving down the road. We decided to do the freeway for some practice. And my anxiety goes through the roof. And I'm gripping the sides of my seat. I'm holding my breath. I want to just close my eyes and do that whole like squeeze, close my eyes, hold my breath. I'm not looking. I'm not seeing denial, denial that this is really happening. Because I close my eyes. Then if I die, I don't see it coming. (laughs) But I have to keep them open because, you know, I'm a parent. And apparently I had to teach this kid. Anyway, lots of emotion, and this 15-year-old is in charge. Now, I can have all of the expectations in the world of how I believe he should drive, how he should merge, and how he should slow down at the right time, and how he should be maybe a little bit more in the middle of the lane rather than hugging the left side of the lane, all the things, right? And I'm thinking all the thoughts. And trying to tell him what to do so that I can somehow control the situation and maybe control the outcome, which in this situation is just getting me safely back home and out of the car alive. But I'm not accepting in that moment. I'm not accepting that I don't have control. I'm not accepting the reality that no matter who's driving, I don't have control over what others do and what others could do to cause me, to impact me and cause me harm. And that I can try to control all the things that I actually have control over, but being in a moving vehicle comes with a risk. In that moment, I'm not accepting my anxiety and my fear because I'm actually trying to hide it from my son and pretend that I'm cool and chill. Because, you know, that's what he wants me to be is the, you know, chill mom. <laughs> so I'm totally shoving my emotions, pretending to be cool. So I'm not accepting those emotions. When he makes a left turn and doesn't stay in his lane and almost runs into another car, I'm not approving of his action. But acceptance is accepting that it happened, that I don't have control in that moment over anything but me. And I just really want to hold space for the fear that can come When we see reality, when we see things as they really are, when it doesn't include the knowledge of what the future will hold in this outcome. Like our human brains are designed to want to, you know, prepare and figure out and know what's coming because it's like, is it going to be dangerous? Because if it's dangerous, then I got to prepare now. There's no way of knowing that. So acceptance is bringing you into the present moment. It's getting you out of the past regrets and resentment. It's getting you out of the fear and worry of the future unknowns and bringing you to the present moment of what is. And we don't always like what we see in the present moment because we realize this isn't what I want. We realize this isn't what I had hoped or expected. We realize, oh, I don't have power over this person or this situation. And when we aren't doing anything to strengthen or tap into our power and what we do have control over, then we can feel very powerless, very hopeless. So this is a really interesting space where a lot of us can get stuck, where we're in this like, okay, I got to see things as they really are, which is going to come with this sense of, oh my gosh, I don't have power where I thought I could have power, and then we've got to take actionable, intentional steps to have power and control over what is in our control bubble. Does that make sense? So back to this experience, I had to decide what experience do I want to have in that car with my son who was learning to drive? I can experience all that I just described Right? Fear, anxiety, worry, gripping, clinching, shoving, ignoring, pr- pretending that I'm okay, all the things. And now I'm not in the present moment. I'm not having a joyful experience. I'm not having a connecting experience. I'm not teaching because I'm really just trying to tell him what to do and control. So he's not learning. Like I can choose that or I can choose to experience something different, which When I accept that I don't have control over those things and then focus on what I do have control over, I can choose to calm my breathing down. I can choose to loosen my grip on my seat. I can choose to open my eyes and see other cars around me and observe what is happening in the moment. I can observe that in this moment, I am safe. That in this present moment, everything is as it should be. One of the first lessons that I wrote down in my journal after divorce, I kind of titled this entry as like lessons learned. And I think it ended up being like, oh my gosh, 30 pages. <laughs> Anyways, but one of the first lessons that I wrote down as lessons learned after all that I had gone through was this principle of acceptance. And I had written down and I'm going to read what I, what I wrote. I've got it memorized by now, but it says the first and hardest lesson that I've learned these past several years is that you can't love someone enough, pray hard enough, fast long enough, or cry ugly enough to make them change. They have their agency to choose, and I have the agency to think what I want about it. But I can't change him. I can't control him. And I can't cure him. And I said, reality hurts and I choose to accept that it hurts. So the first thought that I want to offer you to practice towards this principle of acceptance is it's about you, not them. You have control over one person and one person only you. When you look outside of yourself to move forward, you won't. When you work so hard to try and change someone else to the point of self-destruction, you won't change them. So you do the work on yourself and that's where you will be able to affect dramatic and positive changes in your life. You can create positive changes when you accept the current reality and realize it's not about them. I get to choose how I want to think and feel about their actions. I get to choose and think how I want to feel about this circumstance. But we can get stuck when we get caught up in how can I control the situation? How can I control them? What can I do to get them to change and be different? What do I need to change about myself in order to get them to to change and be different? Or the relationship to change and be different? And this is where if we aren't focusing on ourselves first, and realizing what we can and cannot control, then we're going to get stuck. So I had that one written down in my journal because it was probably one of the hardest lessons. That was, that took my brain a long time to understand this concept. And that's okay. It's okay that it took me time. There's no rush. I'm really, really grateful to have learned this principle because it has completely changed my life. It's changed my relationships and it's changed the relationship that I have with myself. Okay, the next thought is to get support. Believing that you can do this all by yourself is going to lead to big surprises down the road because research consistently shows that support is critical part of healing the nervous system and healing you. So finding safe people To get that support around is going to be really critical. If that's one-on-one, we have support groups that Alana and I just started finding safe family and friends that can also support you is really going to be critical because they will be able to help you stay in reality. They will be able to support you as you start to see things as they really are and all of those big emotions you know, come up when you see things as they really are, you're not gonna feel so alone and so isolated because you'll be able to have these people support you along the way. So getting that support is gonna be really, really instrumental to helping you practice acceptance. I know that my parents played a huge part in this for me because my brain was still swallowed up in that abusive cycle and that abusive thinking where I was thinking that I was maybe doing something wrong. I was the problem Or maybe if I could just change this about myself or control this or, you know, maneuver that, then maybe he will do this. And they really helped me stay grounded in reality so many times, especially in that first year after divorce. So getting getting safe support is going to be huge there. All right. The next thought in this practice is to feel the feels. When we don't accept the emotions that are coming up, this is where we can get derailed and stuck. Remember, you are not your emotions. And so when hard uncomfortable emotions arise, acceptance is seeing them as they are and not avoiding, resisting, or reacting to them. But truly allowing the emotion, the sensation in your body to be there and give you information. Emotions are information. They're parts of you if you notice the feeling of jealousy come in and then you judge yourself or feel shame that you're feeling the emotion of jealousy, you're not in acceptance. These emotions are all natural and necessary states that we want to experience. They are the norm versus the exception. And each one of these feelings needs to be embraced and experienced fully. There is no right or wrong emotions. You are not better or worse when you feel these emotions. But when you don't accept them and actually feel them, it does create issues. And many of you are well aware that any addiction is an absence of accepting and feeling emotions. There's a difference between fully experiencing an emotional stage and getting stuck in it. And so, here also is where support becomes so important in your well being and your healing improvement. Because when you have these really strong emotions come up, knowing that you have someone to support you in that emotion and not judge you and help you stay grounded in it is really going to be helpful. Okay, the next thought is to distinguish between facts versus your brain's interpretations of those facts. I cannot stress the importance of this step enough. People, all of us, myself included, can get stuck here when we don't face the facts and prefer to believe that our personal interpretations of those facts are reality. You know those pictures where they have the hidden image in it? You can have 10 people come up with 10 different interpretations of that picture. Some people will see that hidden picture immediately. Others will never see until it's pointed out to them. Either way, that hidden picture exists. That's the fact. How people view it is their own interpretations. Now, I am not saying that your interpretations of the facts are not valid or need to be discounted. We just need to separate them so that we can clearly see things as they really are and clearly own what we are choosing to think and feel about those facts. You get to think and feel whatever you want about it. I love the framework that Vicki Tibble Palmer suggests in her book, Moving Beyond Betrayal, I feel like it really helps to separate the facts from perspective really nicely, in my opinion. It's that here's what I noticed, and that's where you insert the facts, so she says if you could video record what just happened, a hundred people would agree what they what they saw in that video recording, all right, and that's that's the facts you're taking your thoughts and your interpretations and emotions out of that so Here's what I noticed, blank, facts. And what I am making that mean is blank. And this is where your perspective, your thoughts and feelings. So you've got the capital T, little t, truth in that statement. And I love it because both are valid and important. Acceptance is accepting the facts and accepting your perspective as well as accepting that others may not share your perspective and that what you don't have control over is their perspective, which leads really nicely into the next one. And that's learning the difference between what is and what you think should be. If we live in this netherland of what we think should be, we are completely cut off from reality or what is. If you find yourself thinking that you should not have been experiencing this or that should not have happened. It's taking you out of acceptance. It's taking you out of reality. And this is a really hard one. I know it often is for me because with the reality check, right? when I get out of the, that shouldn't have happened, he shouldn't have done that, they shouldn't have or should have, and I go to what is, It's going to bring up emotions. And that's why I talked earlier about accepting emotions is a huge part here. And if we remember, there is no bad, good, right, wrong emotions. And emotions are information. And if you haven't heard the episode on the importance of feeling your feelings, then go and listen to that one. But I think a lot of the time, that's why we can get stuck here in this should and shouldn't have happened because it helps us stay a little bit safer from those really intense emotions that we often don't want to feel. But that keeps us in denial. It keeps us in victim. It keeps us in blame. So by acknowledging what truly exists, what really happened factually, now we can start to make choices as to how we're going to live our life And address those problems that do exist. Okay. The next one, and this one is just as important, is making conscious decisions and stepping into your what I call agent power mode. That's what I call when you are using your agency to choose for yourself. And that's when we access this empowerment to move forward and create and apply what we're learning and choosing. So when you learn to observe, the constant mind chatter that goes on in our heads, then you're learning, this is where that awareness piece is, you're learning that the mind chatter is not you, who you intrinsically are. It's just that, thoughts, chatter. And so making conscious decisions based on free choice, agency means that you're not letting all of these thoughts, all of the mind chatter, your past your emotional wounds, or the interpretations of reality run the show. You are going to take control and be in charge of your life. Conscious living allows for incredible freedom and the ability to create extraordinary changes in your life. When you experience betrayal in your primary relationship, it's not just the house that crumbles. It's the soil On which the house stood. That's what we need to nourish. We might need to take some weeds out, remove some boulders. Kind of reminds me of my flower pots. Before I could plant new flowers, I had to go in and dig up that soil and move it around and take out some of the weeds that had and bulbs that are in there, add some fertilizer, some plant food, really create a safe, nurturing environment for those flowers to thrive. That's the underground work acceptance, what I'm offering you here today is the underground work, that invisible to the human eye that is so crucial. Because without it, there is no growth. Without me digging up all of the weeds and getting rid of the impurities and all of the things that are going to get in the way of that flower thriving, the same applies to you. Do the inner work so that you can see the outer rewards. Which leads me to the last thought to consider around acceptance. And that is self-acceptance. The definition of self-acceptance is complete acceptance of yourself, all of your traits. It is so much easier to appreciate our perceived positive traits, but for true self-acceptance, we must be able to embrace those less desirable parts of ourselves. There's often this misconception Around this piece. Sometimes we think that it means giving up on ourselves. Like, all right, I gotta just accepting myself just means that's it. That's who I am. Oh well, throw my hands up in the air, can't change. Kind of like we're giving ourselves this hard pass for our faults and weaknesses. And so might as well stop trying to change them. In fact, I can hear some of you who might be saying to yourselves right now, oh great, if my partner listens to this and he's gonna tell me, hey, you have to accept me. This is just how I am. A big fat no, okay? This is not what I'm saying. Complete opposite of what I'm saying. In fact, for you partners who are struggling with addiction, this is your thoughts about yourself, not your partner's thoughts about yourself. Stay in your own lane here. It is very primitive brain-like to want to take these concepts that I'm offering and, and use it to change your partner on both sides. So that you can, in a sense, feel better. I totally get it. But I really want to invite you to gently bring yourself back into your own bubble here. Apply this to yourself and to your own healing because it's all you can control. It goes back to the very first one that I offered today. True self acceptance means being aware of both of your positive and negative traits without attaching negative emotions or judgments. On who you are intrinsically, it means being able to be objective, curious about those strengths and weaknesses, and not compromise your self worth in the process. That takes practice; it's not easy to do. So we want to work on understanding that our value is totally separate from our actions and our qualities. So despite having Made mistakes, having flaws, weaknesses, those don't define you, which is why healing is possible for anyone, right? Because when we truly connect with our higher self and accept ourselves, it drastically reduces the need to escape or numb out or act out. Practicing self acceptance reduces the fear of rejection because you're not going to be rejecting yourself first. It helps you move forward from resentment, or that justice seeking, because you're going to be able to forgive yourself. It will help you feel your feelings because you won't be moralizing these emotions and making one good and the other bad. Therefore, you're good or bad if you feel a certain emotion. We're going to practice this one day at a time, one concept at a time, and as always, to get further support around this piece of acceptance in your specific situation and reach out. We have a lot of options on courses and support to meet you where you're at in your journey today. Thank you for being here and joining the conversation with me today. Alana and I will both be back and see you next week. Take care, everybody. Are you really wanting and ready to take your healing journey up a notch and learn more about these concepts of awareness, acceptance, and application, where you can practice with worksheets and support all week long to help you get unstuck and start to thrive? The Believing in You group coaching membership gives you that opportunity along with two free one-on-one sessions every 12 weeks, access to me in between sessions to coach your brain along the way, there is definitely a time for this level of work and you will know when you're ready. Feel free to reach out to me if you aren't sure if this is the right for, for you at this time. We are all here to help meet you where you are at and assist you in choosing recovery, choosing to heal, and choosing you. Take care, everybody.